Ugly Radio on the Pod Moth Network. Episode 6, Season 2. The Hunt by Colleen Conway Blanchard. My dearest Lavina, we have arrived at the Earl of Mulford's estate at last. I pray we have seen the last of this vile weather. My moustache has never felt so damp and limp. And dearest, you know my moustache is a uniformly, a stiffly bristled moustache. In addition, my valet has been wholly unsuccessful in keeping my collar creased on the journey. I fear he is quite despondent, as am I. Vile, vile wet will seep in. It's utterly horrid. But here we are at last, and I am ensconced in a well-appointed room in the east wing. Two ferocious taxidermied lions guard my bedpost, and the coverlet is the softest fawn fur. It is wonderful. The Earl of Mulford is many things, bilious, gouty, prone to strange fits of temper, but he has made his estate a true wonder of nature subdued. The entire party will arrive before sundown, and we shall begin the jolly fox hunt tomorrow. How I long for it, darling. To ride a sweating stallion in pursuit of a small animal's blood is to commune with our righteous, vengeful God. Of course, my angel, your delicate lady's constitution cannot comprehend these manly passions. For you, the wholesome pursuit of home, hearth, small pleasures, stitching hundreds of tea cozies for the indigent, ungrateful poor, drinking tepid broth and powdered cocoa and lithium tea to soothe your unstable humours, these are your proper pursuits. But for a gentleman, nothing can soothe an unquiet mind as perfectly as a rigorous hunt and a cornered shrieking fox overtaken by frothing wild-eyed hounds. Tell little Horace I shall bring him a fox here if he is obedient and learns his Latin. Tancum ex ungulionum, we shall know the lion by his claw. He has been yearning for his own pelt, and God willing he shall have it. Next year I shall take him on his pony and initiate him with a proper blooding. Think of those dear apple cheeks anointed with fox blood, and all the gentlemen in their tweed and waders sternly nodding, and then the glorious hunt. Small Horace will howl with delight. I know I did as a boy. Proudest moment of my young life. Cheeks sopped with fox gut, gun cocked. I do hope the Earl has prepared a good solid English feast. I long for a black pudding. I dread a cold soup. We shall see. Your servant, Herschel. Saturday, August 10th, 1887. Darling Herschel, I am pleased you are hunting. You are never happier than when covered in another creature's blood. 
We are also fighting the tedious damp here at home. I am utterly bereft at the lankness of my curls. It's a nightmare. What to do but wear a bonnet? And I haven't any new ones. All my bonnets are at least two months old. I'm a fright. Also, darling, I do not wish to alarm you, but something is in the walls. Some terrible beastly vermin is living in our plaster. I hear them breathing at night. I hardly sleep. And you know I must rest. My nerves are weak indeed. Especially now that I have no decent bonnets and must remain at home out of the public eye or face censure. The groundskeeper has been called and he will flush the wool beasts out with arsenic and a type of rubber hose. I'm certain it must be the wet forcing them in. There are no ordinary beasts living in our walls. I fear I hear a whispering, scratching, voices. It cannot be. Do you think it voles? Is it the dreaded plague-bearing rat? We are quite overrun with beaver this year. It could be a fat, wet beaver pounding on my wall. I live in fear. Pray that we destroy the monster. Oh, interior news. Little Horace has been quite taken with your promise of a fox ear. He shall put it on his bureau next to the baby otter you skinned for him last summer. Your devoted wife, Livina. Precious Livina, today was the first day of the hunt. Most gloomy day and muddy. Why is the outdoors so terribly dirty, I ask? We must endeavor to sanitize it. The damp has receded and my mustache is quite erect. I regret to announce that I killed nothing today. I fear something is amiss with my trigger. I ought to have bagged three hares and a baby duckling, but the gun was faulty and I shot down a church spire and Sir Edentrank's left thumb. He is put out. Hardly my fault. My valet is hard at work cleaning my barrels and adjusting my cock tonight. Tomorrow my gun should be fit for blasting a brace of peacocks. At least, thank our blessed lord the earl has provided proper sustenance. Tonight we eat roast pigeon and four courses of warm puddings. As to your bonnet, send your girl to the shops and purchase something large and purple. Perhaps with a bird on it. That would suit. I am gratified our young Horace shares my love of nature. He is a bloody-minded child and shall make a fine fist of a man. As to the vermin, kill them, darling, kill them all. No beast will stow away in my home, burrowing into my hearth. I shall not allow it. Murder them, all of them. Your devoted husband, Herschel. Darling Herschel, I have taken your advice and sent my girl Gracie out to buy a bonnet. Until it comes, I am a virtual prisoner here. In this house, where the scratching and the mewling doesn't stop. I have sent young Horace to your mother's to spare him this terrible battle. 
To wit, the groundskeeper sent forth such a volley of poison into our walls, I thought surely anything mortal would be fallen dead within minutes. The groundskeeper himself is quite green in the lips, and now sometimes falls into fits. But still, the monsters click and hiss. I cannot sleep. I cannot eat. I am digging through the walls tomorrow myself. I shall unearth the devils and dispose of them. I have an axe. Your dear wife, Lavina. Dearest Lavina, I have had a terrible accident. Yesterday we set forth and I felt quite keen. My gun newly polished, I set forth. I did not reckon with the evil forces of unwholesome nature. As I rode on my steed into the deeply wooded acreage, I heard a strange cry, like a baby howling. The other men of the party rushed left toward the Earl's vineyard, but I, I rushed right toward the unearthly keening. My stallion reared and frothed. A great mist fell over the path. Charging blindly, I was thrown. My horse galloped into the mist. Alone, I followed the strange howling, and there in a hollow I came upon a fox and her kits. Filled with murderous glee, I aimed my gun for the den, thinking to blast Mother Fox and all her kin, and then skin them for trophies. In that moment of bloodlust, I heard a click and I felt a searing, slicing pain. I was, my dearest, caught in a bear trap. The pain I cannot describe, and I alone in a desolate wood, bleeding, screaming in my terror, I watched the mother fox creep toward me. Perhaps I thought she was attracted to the blood pooling around my ankles. But the mother fox, she hurled herself at my ankles, teeth bared, and began to gnaw at my ankle. I howled with pain and tried to kick her off, but she locked onto me, ripping my flesh, cracking my ankle bones beneath her teeth. She clung to me. Her kits, following her lead, began to attack my other ankle. I passed into a kind of fugue state and was near dead with pain and fear, my darling, when suddenly the mother fox stopped and her kits scampered away, mouths gleaming and bloody. I was once again alone. I looked upon myself and realized my feet were free. Dear mother fox had chewed them off. She had mulled me to freedom. I was saved. Footless, desperate from loss of blood and hallucinating, I crawled, belly to earth, back to the Earl's estate. There I lay under a blackberry thorn bush, unconscious for I do not know how long, when finally Dindale, the milk boy, found me. He carried me to my room, wrapped my terrifying stumps in linens. He sopped my fevered brow for two days. Sweet, ugly Dindale. He is very dear to me now. I have offered him a plumb position in our household, perhaps second footman. He has a walleye, so I fear he cannot be first footman or butler. We could find him a patch, however. Perhaps a patch. Anything is possible, my darling. I am only now awake, and, oh, wife, I have been changed. I have, all my brutal life, been so wrong. That dear fox saved me. I would kill her for sport, and she gnawed me to safety. 
Surely I will never walk or ride again. I will have to build metal shoes to replace my feet, but I am alive. Alive and filled with love for all God's creatures. From the lowly horned moth to the majestic sea serpents, I am changed, darling. I cannot wait to see you and share this new wonder. We shall make our country house a haven for all living creatures. I shall convert the trophy room into an aviary, the parlour into a hospital for wounded rabbits and mice. The great hall shall house the hounds, and the pantry shall be stocked with grubs for the raccoons and moles. Oh, my darling, we shall live in harmony with all beasts. Yours in wonder and delight, Herschel. Dear husband, I have defeated the dreaded vermin. Despite poison gases and gunshots to the ceiling, it would come back in the night. Always the small hissing noises and the sound of tiny claws. There was no sure answer but fire. Fire. The great purifier. Darling. All is gone. The house is gone, and, and I... I, too, am purified by fire and poison. My hair is falling out in great masses. I no longer feel my extremities. Soon, I will die. Every other creature on our estate. The blue poison. The lovely blue poison. And the dancing fire have turned the estate into ash. But I have won. I have murdered the vermin, darling. I'm certain of it. There were no more sounds of scuttling. Just silence of death. Bury me next to my new bonnet and my musket. I have won. I have killed them all. Yours in sovereignty. Levina. I used to have a name once, I think, before I left the plums out of the table, and sometimes I still hear it, hear the flesh around it without discerning any syllables. Someone says it behind my right ear, but when I turn, I see the same still life that I was looking at before, and I tell myself to wake up, I beg, but my eyes rest on that still life and the rotting plums overrun by fruit flies, and I wish my eyes resembled theirs, so when I hear you saying my name behind my right ear, I don't have to turn. 
There's a stream of juice dripping from the fruits pooling in the shallows of the plate they lie on, and I see a glimpse of my reflection. And she treads the gossamer between waking and dreaming every time she wakes. And as she walks across it, she sways. Tightrope act she stole from the Cirque du Soleil performer when she was young and knew no currency. So she looked at the leotard and no figure to fill it, and she took it and flipped it on his head until it let her sleep the dream of sleep. And perhaps that fabric was Morpheus in disguise, but who is she then to barter with gods she's stolen from? When I move, I move through water, and the image around me distorts to make way for my arm. The fingers splayed as I wave them in an arc and watch them pass straight through the bowl of browning fruit, curve the eyes of the fruit flies inward and I'm no longer jealous. I slip my feet beneath the kitchen tiles and wade through dissolution itself. And I know it won't manifest physically, not to me, because I won't even see it from my peripheral vision so contained. Not when one day, Morpheus will come back and he'll ask her if she remembers going to the Cirque du Soleil and if she remembers the performer she so deliberately took from and she'll tell him she does and he'll reveal to her the moon blossoms through with poppy flower fields mirroring one another until they turn to fields of asphodel until she realizes that she's been standing in those fields for years now. And by the time I get to the front door, I'm up to my hips in the carpet, and I can feel the breeze on the soles of my feet so ungrounded. And I know when I wade past the front door, my toes will hit my sheets, and my head will submerge beneath the sinkhole of a driveway. And when I open my eyes underground, I'll be looking at my ceiling, and regretting ever spotting at the fruit flies just to see their eyes deform, and regretting leaving out the plums. And I'll see her feet falling through the ceiling above, as she asks them to let her go. She begs him and begs all his conscience, and he sits among the weeds in my driveway and doesn't say a single thing. So she leaves in the only way one can leave a mirror on all sides. She closes her eyes and wakes, and she looks down, and she sees a safety net in the form of my sheets, and hears the bated breaths of the audience taken in too late as they watch her step onto the tightrope. And she holds the balance in her shaking hands, and when she falls, she falls the same sway. I fall with my eyes closed.
The Ugly Radio is a production of Ugly Radio Presents and is a part of the Pod Moth Network. Tonight's episode was produced by Andrew Shanks. Tonight's segments were The Hunt, written by Kelleen Conway Blanchard, performed by Lauren Freeman and Mike Gilson, featuring original music by Unknown Citizen. Musical guest was Comb with Nightmares from his album Wilted Cosmos, with additional vocals performed by Sofia Podvisaka. You can find Combs' album Wilted Cosmos and Moss Covered Soul on Apple Music and Spotify. Title song provided by Unknown Citizen. Comment, send questions and requests to theuglyradio at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This episode could not happen without Patreon members and supporters. To become a Patreon member, visit patreon.com slash theuglyradio. And give a listen to other podcasts on the Podmoth Network. Podmoth is a tirelessly curated collection of weird, odd, and macabre podcasts perfect for this special season. Thank you for listening, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in the void. Hello! Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The commercial where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris. I'm the Believer. I'm Cody. I'm the Skeptic. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And proud members of the Podmoth Network. So, did you know there's a creature in Japan called a kappa that tries to suck a bejeweled life force out of your anus? Uh, I did not, and I'm not even going to try debunking that. Instead, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so if you like your podcast a little spooky, a little mysterious... A lot gay. Do we have the show for you? Just listen and subscribe to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, search BSPodPHX on social media or visit BSPodPHX.com. Bye. Bye.